podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end, recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Living the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late round quarterback. And I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Dennis Carter. Denny, what's going on, buddy? Hey, JJ. Not much. I'm actually, I'm sad to see, you know, two of our uh, uh, Living the Stream tight ends, you know, graduate into uh, a starterhood across the fantasy yeah. spectrum. Uh, but it happens every year. It's like, it's like being, a, you know, an elementary school teacher and just watching the kids grow up and seeing Travis Kelsey and Larry Donnell become, you know, much sought after starting tight ends and yeah, yeah I, I was thinking more more from a parental side like there there are children that, right yeah there are kids i mean yeah larry Donnell is my my little six foot six 270 pound child <laughs> travis kelsey is my baby and now and and now now he's he's moving on he's going to college it's sad uh, yeah, it is sad. Uh, your baby could eat you, by the way. I think. Yeah, he definitely could. Travis Kelsey. Did, I don't know if you saw today, but he, uh, him, and he he commented on Davis Maddox uh, avatar on on uh, on Twitter. What? No way. Yeah, yeah. Of of him kissing Davis. No. Yeah, he loved it. He was ha- he he absolutely loved it. Oh my! Uh, that makes me love Kelsey even more. Oh my god. Oh, he's amazing. Travis Kelsey is phenomenal. Just because. Like Travis Kelsey's the guy who who you know every fantasy analyst was pretty much on this year. You know, like we're all touting him and stuff, but we tout him to people who don't really play a lot of fantasy or don't study fantasy the way we do. Mm-hmm. And then he goes off and they're like, "Oh my god, you guys are geniuses." <laughs> yeah, no, and it's like you, It's like no, I mean like like everyone else said the exact same thing, but only, you know, like you're the only person that that they talk to about fantasy football that deeply. Oh no, I I definitely get that on Twitter where I'm it's I'm sheepish. I'm like no no no. Yeah, you, you have to understand. Like I was way late on on this Kelsey train. Like people were talking about him like last at the end of last season. You know. Right. Right. <laughs> but, but it is it is it's it's hilarious. It is good. Although although I I gotta give you props, dude, because you your bold call one of your bold. Uh, by the way, our bold calls are looking pretty sweet right now. Yeah. I don't know if you remember them, but they were they were awesome. Uh, one of yours though was him being a top five tight end, so you took it kind of the, to the next level. <laughs> yeah, and he's he's a uh, top seven right now, so you know top five yeah. is is in the realm of possibilities. I mean, he's still you know Kelsey's still not running a whole lot of routes, and that that concerns me. I mean, you know, efficiency is awesome, but you know, running 16, 17 routes a game is, is not going to do it. Like, he's not yeah. finished as a top five guy if that's all he all the action he, he the, he's going to get. The positive sign from last week was definitely all the bubble screens that he had and, and all, like, his, his low A dot. Like, they were, they were getting him in space in order to make some plays, which was awesome to see because we hadn't seen that so far this year. And, and I mean, there's just so much upside there, it's ridiculous. You know what uh, I thought it was, was, was awesome to see uh, – and kind of jarring, actually, was, you know, after Kelsey's touchdown on Monday night, I yeah. started to see a little sprinkling on Twitter of, you know, trade Kelsey for Gronk straight up. 
or I'm, I'm sorry, yeah, trade right. Gronk away for Kelsey straight up. And I'm and I was like, good grief, what just happened? Which yeah. what just happened? That's it, it's nuts, man. With with Gronk, you know whether he whether or not he's 100. percent I mean, he's he's probably not 100. percent I understand that. Um, but regardless, he still had a very high ADP. He was going in the second round in expert drafts that we were in. Um, just given that opportunity cost and the fact that Jimmy Graham, the the thing that's crazy is that, and we all know this, that in order for Jimmy Graham to live up to his preseason ADP, and this is what we said, it was no matter. I mean, we we knew he'd be a top three tight end. That was never never a discussion. It was it was he had to be so much better than everyone else in order to really live up to that ADP and. You know, with Martellus Bennett being ridiculous, yeah. with Larry Donnell coming out of nowhere, Travis Kelsey uh, breaking out, Niles Paul off the waiver wire. There are good things happening from the tight end position, and that's really good for us to see as streamers because we knew the quarterback position was going to be exploitable, but the tight end position is always a question mark. But every year, there just seems to be a, a few guys that come out, and, and hopefully if you can jump on them early enough, like Julius Thomas last year, you're in really good shape for the rest of the season. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the top 12 tight ends right now. And, I mean, this is, this is just unreal for, for, for people who basically just uh, uh, decided to stream and, and take someone late in a, in a draft. I mean, uh, I count uh, six really late round tight ends as um in the top 12 uh and that's mm-hmm. that delaney walker is the third highest scoring tight end and yeah that's been i was so off on that because i i really thought that like he was a complete uh his production was a complete result of fitzpatrick last year and that was just going to disappear this year but it definitely has not no it, it hasn't i mean he might he might be like a real tight end so that i mean it's just yeah. you know Martellus Bennett is leading all tight ends in points. I mean, this is just—it's uh, not going to stay that way. I mean, Jimmy Graham is going to end the years as as the top right. tight end. But and and like you said, that's not that wasn't what we were saying. We weren't saying you know don't draft him because it'll be a complete bust. It was more about opportunity costs and things that we talked about all preseason. Yep, definitely. Um, so yeah, last week from a streaming perspective was, was pretty solid overall. It was definitely my best quarterback streaming week. I got to give you some, some props again for, uh, uh, so for, for those who, who don't know this, I think we mentioned it last week, but we go on the fantasy sports network every week, you, Denny and I, and, uh, we alternate each week and we give a quarterback choice to Rob Silver. It's on the Rob Silver show. We give a quarterback choice, uh, that we would stream our number one streamer of the week. And what Rob's doing is that he's compiling how many points our quarterbacks are scoring to see what kind of quarterback we produce at season's end. We're, you know, we're, we're, we're very open to being wrong, but we're also open to being very right, which is what Denny was last week, uh, because he had the balls to go on this, on this television network and say, you guys should start Eli Manning. So props to you, Denny. And and then, and then you started him against me in the two mugs league. I did you know? I just I I when I make a call like that, I can't. I I have to go all in. You know, like I I just I can't yeah. hedge on it. If I'm gonna say it, I'm gonna do it. And and uh, uh, you know that. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I wanted to throw up in my mouth after I said that on TV. I mean, <laughs> you know, everything in me wanted to be, you know, super safe and be like. You know, Kirk Cousins, you know, because Kirk Cousins, right. you know, headed into last week was a safe streaming option, you know, and and, I, you know, I was just I was just convinced more so I was convinced more so that Washington is 
an abomination on defense right now. Yeah. Um, and so I just kind of banked on that. But, whew, boy, it paid yeah. off. I mean, Eli went bananas. Yeah, thanks to Eli this week against me in that freaking two mugs league. And then I got Alan Hearns in week one. Now I'm sitting at two and two, thanks to thanks to the hair, who's now 4-0 in that league. The hair, that's my team name, everybody. Yeah, doing some work. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, we mentioned Eli on the podcast last week as one of the three quarterback streamers, so that was good. But my number one streamer uh, was Teddy Bridgewater, who still put up a really, really nice game. He was a top-ten quarterback. Uh, 23.4 fantasy points thanks to a nice Konami code rushing touchdown. Um, he must have he, he definitely put it on the put in the code right before oh, he, yeah. he made that run. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he, he still got over 23 points. And then Ryan Tannehill was the third guy and he got 21 points. Uh, so in total, I mean that it was it was uh, probably one of the best weeks I'll have all season given that all three quarterbacks ended up with 20 or more points, uh, you know admittedly, but you know it was a good thing to see. Uh, just given that we're still fairly early into the season. Um, yeah. at, at, on defense, you had the Falcons who uh, got destroyed by my Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, wow. I, you know, if anybody played the Falcons because of what I said, um, I want to offer a personal apology uh, on that one. So, uh, But yeah, we also had the Chargers and the Lions last week and both yeah that was good yeah both finished as top 10 fantasy defenses i mean you know i guess philly was the was the play last week but i wouldn't have i wouldn't have used the eagles defense if my life depended on it last week no that was that was such a mess last week for for those who played philly players in daily fantasy just because they were they weren't on the field at all yeah it was it was a disaster i it i mean that that game is was like the epitome of a game flow nightmare you know yeah yeah you it, there's nothing worse than seeing defensive touchdowns when when you don't have that, oh, that defense I, when, yeah when, when Sproles scored the uh the punt when, when he ran the punt return back I just mm-hmm. threw out my hands I was like okay I'm I'm done like I I had a lot of, I had a lot of uh, daily fantasy action in that game and I was like well yeah I'm pretty much done here yeah that was that was pretty insane um, and then at tight end, uh, we obviously had Kelsey. Niles Paul uh, took a vicious hit. That was pretty sad because, for obvious reasons, because that's unfortunately what happens in football. Uh, hopefully he he gets all right, or you know is all right. But Jordan Reed's coming back now, so who knows? Yeah. Or you know he's slowly coming back, so who knows what happens in that Washington situation? Um, so we had, we had Kelsey, obviously we had Paul, Paul still had, I think like three catches for 60 yards or something before that happened. Um, something around those lines. Uh, and then I did mention Garrett Graham as kind of a deeper play. He didn't really do much. Uh, he wasn't worthless. I think he caught four passes, but definitely not a phenomenal play with Garrett Graham last week, but overall definitely a solid, solid streaming week in week four, I would say. Oh yeah. No, I'm, I'm really, I'm really pleased with, uh, with how that went, and, and, and uh, I'm sorry if I was gloating a little bit on Thursday night, but on a, on what we call an island game, where there's just one game playing and everybody's watching on yeah. Twitter, it's uh, it's pretty much uh, the best feeling in the world to, <laughs> yeah. uh, to 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 throw out the name of someone who I mean, come on, it's Eli. Like like we we hate Eli. Everybody hates Eli, right? Yeah. So that was that was a nice feeling. Absolutely. I had I had some Eli going as well in, in some leagues, and that, that felt good. You know, just to, like, throw it out there because, you know, it might turn some people off that we were 
like really excited. We were like jokingly excited about that that the the Eli performance. Like I think that you know obviously people who listen to this podcast know that we're completely transparent with our picks. Like we we are we are putting our picks out there and we are talking about our picks the next week. So you know we're going to be wrong as well. But we were just having some fun with Eli because it's fantasy football and and fantasy football is fun. Yeah, and you know and. It's 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 one thing to say you know I'm you know I love Aaron Rodgers this week and then Rodgers throws right. four t- touchdowns and you're like boom my man Rodgers going crazy ah, I called it right I mean, right that that does happen and that's awful <laughs> so right um, but it's it's another thing you know when when you uh, can can pinpoint you know a, a, a really good matchup uh, for a player who. <clears throat> has a recent history of being a total and complete fantasy buckle. Uh, it's uh it's a it's a good it's a good feeling. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well let's get into week five streamers already past the quarter mark. Um Denny, give us give us some defenses that, that we should be using this week. Yeah, I mean this you know, this thing about like I said last week, not overthinking matchups against the Jaguars. Um, the uh, on the fake football, I published my um, my weekly streaming scores, which take into account take into account a bunch of factors. And um, it's not surprising that the Steelers had the, had the top score this week as they um, they'll play in Jacksonville. Um, I I don't know. Maybe you have a better feel for this as as a Pittsburgh fan, JJ, but. Yeah. I'm not wild about uh, about just just going all in on the Steelers, you know, in in daily and all my leagues and and, and everything. Uh it just because they they don't really generate turnovers and they and they have yeah, they don't. recently. And I also really like Bortles and I really like the way that he played last week in a, an incredibly tough matchup at San Diego. So, uh what what do you what do you feel on that? Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I told I, I was talking to people last week. I told them to fade the Steelers defense because, like you said, they just don't generate turnovers. They're not getting to the quarterback. They're not they're, they're It is not the same Steelers defense of old, uh, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, it is it is bad. It is it is really bad. The, the Steelers defense is a bottom five unit in the NFL. They are one of the worst. They have one of the worst rush defenses in the NFL. And the secondary, you know, Ike Taylor is not very good uh, anymore, given his age. Um, but you have Cortez Allen and, and, and William Gay at corner. You have a, a, a an aged Troy Polamalu back there, and and Mike Mitchell at safety. I mean, it's it's just the, the whole defense is not good, and you you lose guys like Jarvis Jones and Ryan Shazier, and you can't do anything. I mean, it, it's it blows my mind how bad they've gotten. But at the same time, um, you know this is this is you know you you can't just look at a team name and assume that they're good. Um, and and that's, that's what it is with the Steelers right now. They, they're really, I'm not even joking, you know, with, with teams like new Orleans, for instance, like they're not performing well defensively, but the upside with new Orleans is that that Rob Ryan defense will, will generate turnovers and that's good for fantasy football purposes. You know, the the only good thing about the Steelers, to be honest with you, is that the offense is a top 10 offense. Mm -hmm. And, and because of that, you know, you might get a good game script and you might see quarterbacks are down late in games and they're going to throw some picks. Like we actually saw that with Mike Glennon last week, but um, you know, at the same time, we also saw Mike Glennon tear them apart and throw it to Vincent Jackson with time expiring and making me cry for, for the rest of Sunday. So 
I mean, this this is a slight rant, but the Steelers' defense is really bad. It's definitely the weakness of the team, um, and and I'm not one to to use them in fantasy whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, I I feel I feel pretty similar. I I think that this this is is not as as easy as it has been to stream against Jacksonville this season, even with Bortles in. I I really hesitate to say you know if the Steelers are out there, you got to play them. I I, I actually kind of refuse I, I refuse to say that I I think that that's that would be a huge mistake um so you know they're I think that they're a fine option but I actually think that they just have that scary low floor they do they, def- they definitely do I mean like they could show up this week and do what they did against Carolina uh because they're a very they're a very arrogant team um and this is this is stupid like non-analytical talk that I'm giving you right now. But they're a super arrogant team. As you can see, they did the same thing against Cleveland as they did Tampa Bay. They had a, a decent lead. They were outplaying their opponent. Luckily, they for my purposes, they escaped against Cleveland, and then they didn't against Tampa Bay because they just get they get lazy. They don't care. They're not they're not a hungry team. Uh, but after a loss, like you saw the, the, the one in Baltimore where they got destroyed, they came back and bounced back really nicely defensively. So I think there is some upside there that they do go to Jacksonville and they hate life right now, so they want to make it better. Um, but you know, at the same time, like it's just it's just not a good defense, so it's yeah. tough to to play them. Yeah, well, they are a, just just by uh, um, you know by them be playing Jacksonville, they are. I am going to say that they're one of my streamers, but I would yeah, say that I would I would play the Eagles' defense over the Steelers, and the Eagles are available in more than seventy percent of NFL.com leagues. Um, they play the Rams in Philadelphia. Uh, the Rams are, I don't think, you know, with Austin Davis um, at, at quarterback, I don't think that the Rams are the pushover that, that a lot of, you know, fantasy footballers might think they are. But yeah, He's better than Sean Hill. I'm sorry. Sorry, Denny. I didn't, I, that just it's came not out. Even, it's not even close. That doesn't even hurt my feelings, honestly. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Hill is, I mean, he got, he got, he seemed to get old over the past five years. <laughs> which is which is weird. I didn't. Just weird. He's like sixty five now. Ex- I, I didn't expect him to to age as the years went by, but uh, <laughs> he did. So um, anyway, uh, the the Eagles um, this season have have forced six turnovers and uh, have generated se- uh, seven sacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, four last week against San Francisco. Uh, so you know, I, I think that this one could actually have some points uh, um, from both sides. But I think that the Eagles could uh, counterbalance that with uh, some turnovers and, and, and sacks. So I, I think that the Eagles' floor is, is much higher uh, than the Steelers this week. Um, so th- those are my those are my two um, you know kind of two central streamers. Yeah. And then um, I guess I guess the Lions are are owned in too many leagues to be um, uh, to be a streamer. But if they're out there. You know, my God, take them, get them. Yeah, uh, they're. Oh, no, you know what? They're they're available in half of NFL.com leagues. Uh, right. Yeah, and it's about the same in ESPN leagues yeah. too. So so anyway, their streaming score uh, again. You can check that out on the fake football, uh, the fake football.com. Uh, their streaming score is uh, in the top four this week against uh, Kyle Orton and the Buffalo Bills, which uh, I think could be, you know. I, that, that that team, you know, Buffalo will remain uh, very run heavy. I think that they're the second run heaviest team uh, mm-hmm. in, in the league. And uh, Orton is not exactly the most accurate p- 
passer over the course of his uh, journeyman career. So it, if Detroit gets up in this one, and you know that's really what we're looking for when we stream is, you know, a defense that will be able to you know pin its ears back and go after the quarterback who has to throw and and try to keep up. And I think that that's a likely a likely scenario here. Yeah, and you got they're they're seven point favorites with a forty four point over under. So obviously, the, you know, Vegas doesn't think that. Kyle Orton is is an immediate answer for the Bills. Um, so yeah, I mean, like if if Detroit's out there, I think that they're the most obvious choice this week. Uh, like you said, what are your feelings on New Orleans against Tampa Bay at home? Yeah, I just think. Uh, well, I I really like Mike Glennon <laughs> as as nice. as a streamer as a as a guy who's just like you know I mean he's he is he's what we hoped McCown would would translate into in in Tampa, which is a guy who's not afraid to chuck it to his big pass catchers, you know? Um, right. And I know they're missing Mike Evans um, this week and, and going forward a little bit. Um, but they still have a lot of big bodies catching passes. And that Saints, I mean, we saw them on Sunday night. That Saints defense, they can look as bad as anybody. It um, kind of so. blows my mind. They got Jairus Bird over the offseason, and all of a sudden they're just worse. Like, it, it's it's pretty crazy. Uh, I know that they had it. They're... they're the number two corner there is not solid, which is why I think like I like Lewis Murphy this week, for instance, and in, in, as a deeper play. Um, I do too. I, I just love him. Yeah. With Keenan Lewis on the other side, uh, probably shadowing Vjax, but um, yeah, I mean it's, it's a good point. I think I think you know they have they obviously have upside because they they can generate turnovers. I think that's that's where you might like them. They're going to be up in that game. Uh, but that game could really turn into a shootout, which I guess I should just transition right now into quarterbacks because one of my three streamers this week is Mike Glennon. Um, awesome. It could turn like like I was saying, it could turn into a, sort of a shootout because you have two secondaries that are struggling mightily. T- Tampa Bay has the worst secondary in the league to start the year, um, so you know I, I'm I'm not against starting Mike Glennon. He's not my number one option. Um, I do worry a bit that Hoyer and, and Castle slash Bridgewater uh, weren't really able to, to put up crazy fantasy numbers against them. I think it was like 13 and 12 points or something like that. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think I, – I do think Mike Glennon has a decent floor. It's not it's not a terrible floor. Um, so, you know, from that perspective, I guess it's not bad because, that you know, he does have a decent ceiling as well. Hopefully ASJ can help him in the passing game. Um, I, I'm not – I'm not against it. It's just the fact of who he is and that that defense is still – the defense is still talented. It's just not clicking right now. Oh, no, so not that's, at all. That's, that's, kind, that's kind of the fear. Uh, but, yeah, Glennon's one of the three. Uh, the number two guy – I won't say my number one yet. Number two guy um, is Joe Flacco, who um, – you know, I hate him. Whoa. I hate him. This is, this is yeah. a rarity, folks, a rarity. Flacco's yeah, name. I think I think the one other time I mentioned Flacco on this podcast, he scored like eleven points. Yeah, but it was one of those like like classic Flacco things where he threw like fifty nine passes and yeah, it went for like he went for like three hundred and ten yards and four picks or something. Yeah, yeah, it, like it was it's just terrible. It, actually, it might have been I might have played him last year against Minnesota. Oh, too. but no, no, that was a pretty good game though. Yeah, that was a good game, but I do remember him screwing me once in in uh, with regards to streaming. Um, <laughs> that was bad, Joe Joe Flacco. Oh man, he did not screw me, guys. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so actually, Flacco, according to Number Fire and Unexpected Points metrics, is a top four quarterback in the league through four weeks. Wow! Like 
he's been he's been really good, um, and that's hard for me to say. I, I think you know the the general problem with the way that we view players uh, in fantasy football is that we kind of watch them the first two weeks of the season, and then we're just like, all right, whatever. We kind of know what what or we feel like we know what's going to happen. And I wrote about this with with the Giants' offense. What's funny with the Giants' offense is that. You know, they were terrible in 2013, and they were terrible in the preseason. And then week one comes, and they got completely annihilated by the Lions. But now in week four, we're sitting here, and week five, we're sitting here, and the Lions are one of the best defenses in the league. And meanwhile, the the, the Giants' offense is actually performing pretty well. Um, yeah. And I think that because of that week one performance, everyone's like, oh, the Giants suck. The Giants are terrible. Uh, but really, it, it could have just been that the fact that the Lions' defense is really good. Um so I think you kind of are seeing that with Flacco a bit. Not not that the defenses that he faced because he they played. Well, I guess they played Cincinnati week one and then and then Pittsburgh week two. But he played all right against Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you know it's just you don't recognize that he's doing that well because he's not doing anything super sexy. Um, so you know he's my number two guy. He's playing against uh, the Colts, who you know from from a secondary perspective are ranked in the twenties according to number fire metrics, um, and then. Uh, you know, the, the other big thing with the Ravens is that they have a running game again. Um, you know, Justin Forsett and, and Lorenzo Talaferro are, are, are running the ball really well. Um, and that's helping. That's helping a lot. It's moving the chains, giving Flacco some more opportunity. And mm-hmm. Steve Smith is playing that role that we all thought Torrey Smith was playing, but he's doing it very well. So, um, you know, I, I think Flacco's a fine option. He's probably going to the highest floor of the three guys that I'm talking about this week. Um, and, and I'm not against you rolling out with him. Uh, but my number one streamer, and this is a guy that I will be mentioning on the, the Rob Silver show tomorrow, uh, is Blake Bortles. Um, you and I kind of talked about this a little bit. I'm scared off now about Carson Palmer. About the I don't even know if he plays this week. No, I don't think um, he will. So, you know, I'm kind of ignoring that. Um you know, there are some other options out there this week, like Teddy, but I don't think Teddy plays either. And, I w- you know, I'd be scared, a little bit scared just because he's coming off that ankle. Um, but, yeah, I'm going with Bortles. Like I said, the Steelers' defense is terrible. The secondary is really bad. Um, he was serviceable enough last week and, and not necessarily a plus matchup in San Diego in his first start. Uh, he, still, he still got 12.5 fantasy points. Um, the Steelers have allowed, you know, at least 13 fantasy points each week to, to quarterbacks. Um, and that includes 19 and or almost 20 to uh, Derek Anderson slash Cam Newton. Yeah. Um, and then obviously 18 to Glennon last week. The, the Steelers have not played good pass passing offenses yet. Um, you know, I know that I just mentioned Flacco playing well, but that was also a Thursday night game. And then, you know, week one they played Hoyer. Week three they played the Panthers, who were a dumpster fire. And then last week they played Mike Glennon. Um, and I'm not saying that Blake Bortles is, is – is good or the Jaguars passing offense is good, but it's definitely on par probably with, with what they've already faced. And we've seen that they've given up, you know, at least 13 fantasy points. So I think Bortles could, could run, can run the ball on them as well, but Bortles has a nice floor of about 13 points. I would be very surprised if he doesn't reach that. And I do think that given the, the, how bad the Steelers defense just is, I think, uh, and, and, and again, the, the Steelers offense is good. Uh, it's really good, and they can put up points on Jacksonville. It wouldn't surprise me at all if it turned into a more high-scoring game. Um, so I think I think Bortles is a solid option this week. Number one option, obviously. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, if hopefully from a fantasy standpoint, not from my fandom standpoint, he can get a couple touchdowns. 
Yeah, that might be difficult for you to to, to watch, but I'm I'm, I'm sure <laughs> I'm they... over it. I'm, I got the Pirates tonight, man. I'm over it. Oh, that's right. I forgot about soccer. Um, <laughs> the... <laughs> so I think uh, the biggest thing that Teenage Mutant Ninja Bortles has going for him uh, is that, that the Steelers are giving up half half a fantasy point per pass attempt that they're facing, which Ew. is pretty hefty. Uh, it's, um, it, it's, it's enough that, you know, when I, when I went through, uh, that, that metric on Monday, I was, I, it just jumped out at me. I said, wow. Uh, you know, I, I just, I didn't know that they were being that generous uh, to quarterbacks. And I think the part of it is, um, is that Carolina game that you mentioned where, uh, you know, Cam was, uh, was a disaster in, in that game, right. but. They, but him and Anderson combined for uh, like twenty-one fantasy points, right? I mean, that's yeah. It was like eight, it, yeah, it was like twenty. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. that's um, that so that <clears throat> that kind of threw me off. I guess I just didn't didn't realize. So I, I really do like that. And just one one note on the Glennon pick, which I really like. Um, when you adjust for strength of schedule, uh, the Saints are giving up the third most fantasy production to quarterbacks. So. Only Washington and Jacksonville are worse than the Saints right now against quarterbacks when you adjust for for schedule. Yeah, yeah. So those are the three picks. Got Bortles, Flacco, and Mike Glennon. Um, Do you want to talk about a tight end? I will talk about a tight end who, uh, as we discussed before the show, could could actually end living the stream. Um, Probably um, people will, will just stop listening after I say, play Clay Harbor. But I'm Clay go Harbor. Ahead and say it, uh, Clay Harbor. It's a location, not a person. <laughs> oh yeah, we did talk about. I th- we've talked about. No, I think we've. I think we've streamed Clay Harbor before. Yeah, yeah, and we talked about how it's like a beautiful vac- vacation destination or something. Yeah, yeah, it's Clay Harbor, dude. I love Clay Harbor uh, this time of year. It's great in the fall. And um, he. <laughs> la- so last week he was one, two, three, four. He was the eighth highest uh, scoring tight end in fantasy. He scored fifteen. PPR points, so you know he has that going for him. Um, yeah, and with, he's done something without a touchdown, which is I think even more important. I mean, it's it's not yeah. like it's not like he just stumbled into a touchdown and boom, he's a he's a top eight option. He actually had eight targets, eight receptions, and sixty nine yards. Um, so it's fourteen point nine points. I mean that that is uh, that's pretty hopeful, I think. And and Mercedes Lewis is expected to be out this week. Um, and as uh, as you probably know, the the Steelers are not great against uh, tight end anything. Well, not yeah, <laughs> pretty much anything. But uh, adjusted for strength of schedule once again, the only the Cowboys are worse against tight ends uh, than the Steelers. Nice. So uh, you know, Harbor is their every down tight end. He ran a lot of route, a, a lot of pass routes last week, which is important. And like you said, JJ. I think that this this game has the potential, you know, to 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 combine for you know fifty two three four points. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's at four. It's at forty seven now, which is still decently high given the fact yeah. that it's Jackson. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's a great. That's kind of a great sign. Uh, and I, you know, I, I would take the over. You know, if I if mm-hmm. I was a gambling degenerate who took over unders. But um, uh, so I, you know, Clay Harbor and, and uh, something that. Uh, a lot of the metrics people on uh, on Twitter have, have pointed out this week. Uh, Harbor is not just a guy, actually. Right. He's, he's actually he he's uh, at the combine uh, was was 
proved to be very athletic, uh, way above average in a lot of ways. So he's not just a guy, and and um, I I really like him as a, if you're in a 14 team league and and you're just kind of uh, plucking away trying to find decent tight ends to stream. He he's your guy. Yeah, I like him this week as well. It's a good, very good pick, very good deep pick. Um, another one that I I'll stick with the same game. I think I think you have to look at Heath Miller this week, um, just because of of the matchup and the fact that they. They, you know, they used them last week um, against Tampa Bay. He had ten catches for eighty-five yards uh, and a score. Um, you know, and he's owned in just sixteen percent of ESPN.com leagues right now. So he's most definitely a streamer wow. um, against the Jags, who are giving up the the second most points to tight ends this year, um, including four touchdowns. I know that they, you know, they weren't they weren't you know Antonio Gates didn't do much against them last week, but. Uh, you know, it's definitely an exploitable defense, and I do like Heath Miller as well this week. Uh, you know, obviously he would have a higher floor than, than a guy like Clay Harbor, um, just in general. But I, I, I think that he, he should he should have a, a decent game. And then the other guy that I just want to mention is Garrett Graham again, uh, only because um, they're playing Dallas this week, and we all know that Dallas, Dallas is just, like, by far the worst team at giving up points to tight ends. Yes. Like not, it's not even close. It's like they're like light years ahead of, of every other team, um, in, in a bad way. So, <laughs> you know, we saw. I know that you know Jimmy Graham got some garbage time last week, which was why his his stats looked better than they actually were or how he actually performed. But you know, a lot of that that game was so weird. By the way, my God, was that weird? Oh, it, the way was, that, it was just like, depressing fantasy wise. Yeah, it really was. Um, and that's another another point just to throw it out there. It's going to be tough for for me to want to play offensive players against the Cowboys only because not necessarily because their defense is playing better than we thought, but because they're just gonna they're gonna control the ball for for three quarters of the game and it's gonna be terrible. Yeah, God, they it, uh, them and the Chargers. I think exactly. You mentioned that on exactly. Twitter, like the Chargers and the Cowboys hate your fantasy football team. Yeah, it's it's really bad. It's really really bad. Um, so yeah, so Garrett Graham would be the other guy. So Heath Miller, Garrett Graham, and the the destination of Clay Harbor. <laughs> I'm telling so you, I, I have a great feel. I just have a thing with Clay Harbor against the Steelers this week. I maybe it has to do with my feelings on on uh, Ninja Bortles, but we'll see. I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I and if you're you know if you're playing daily fantasy tournaments this week, um, uh, I think Harbor is a I mean, he's a minimum. I mean, he's at he's available for minimum salary on most sites. Yeah, solid, very solid. All right, let's get to some Twitter questions. Um, oh, by the way, I do have to mention this. Our buddy Tom Everett Scott streamed both Teddy and Eli last oh, week. Oh yeah, there you go. Phenomenal. Um, all right, so Twitter questions. This is from at Mikey Mo seventy nine. He said Asiata at Green Bay, Michael Floyd at Denver. Roddy at New York Giants. Please sit one in PPR leagues. I mean, I would sit if Carson Palmer doesn't play, which is, you know, looking kind of likely right now, then I would sit Floyd. Yeah, I'm cool with that too. I think Asiata has a good... I think people... Like, I love Jarek McKinnon. Uh, it was awesome to watch him last mm-hmm. week. I still do think that Asiata is going to have a, a big chunk of that, that share, that, that market oh. in the backfield uh, for Minnesota. And they get... Uh, the worst rush defense in the league right now in in Green Bay this week. Maybe not in fantasy points against, but just in jet, from a net perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, and it's Thursday night too. I think Asiata's going to have a good game. 
Um, this is from at Z44. Oh, God. This is elite. It's in elite speak. <laughs> I can't read this. At Z at Z44 Andrews. Because it's, it's supposed to be Andrews. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, he said, how do you know when it's time to move on from an up and down vet, e.g. Colston, and target high upside rooks? I mean, how do you know? Like, <laughs> How do you know, Danny? I would say just generally, uh, not just about Colston, but just generally, if I have one of those guys and they don't take advantage of one or two favor- really favorable matchups, then I start to worry and and maybe go in another direction yeah i mean colston colston's not even a he's not even a matchup play really like i was talking to someone before the podcast and obviously he has the best matchup imaginable this week but you can't trust the way that they're using their offensive weapons really outside of graham and cooks yeah i mean cooks is a way more reliable option right now yeah um all right this is from at cody spriggs uh, he says, worshiping at the altar of Zeus, parentheses, Kelsey, since the beginning. With bye coming up, pick up Dwayne Allen in advance. Uh, um, God, let me look at the schedule. Yeah, I don't, when's, I don't, when's, I don't even know when, his, when, his, when the Chiefs' bye is. Well, I mean, Allen, um, you know, Allen's short little dinky touchdowns are, are making him a great option right now. Um, yeah, he's probably he's not he's not he's not a bad streaming option, but I feel like next week because I'm I just like the Chiefs buys after this week. Next week, I think we'll have a deeper play like a Clay Harbor type that might still be better than Allen. Yeah, unless the Colts. Yeah, I would say I would say just hold off for right now and um and and kind of reexamine it after after this week. But yeah, I mean yeah, yeah Allen, I I I'm. You know, hoping that Allen gets a, a bigger slice of that pie. Or I mean, if something happens to Fleener, I think Allen becomes like a plug-and-play top. Yeah, he would seven guy. You know, he would. Or if Pep Hamilton knew knew how to use his personnel, well, that, that that could help. That could help. Yeah, uh, Andrew Luck or Philip Rivers this week. This is from at Silver Yummies. Uh, Four team league, I suppose. Um, yeah. Right. Clearly, you do not live the stream, Silver Yummies. No, <laughs> Silver Yummies. Um, wait, uh, uh, Rivers is playing the Jets, and, and, and yeah, Luck has Baltimore. Uh, Rivers. Yeah, I'd go Rivers as well, even though Luck is is proving to be a monster this year. Yeah, I'm. He's played. Fa- I mean, he's had favorable matchups. I understand. Yeah, yeah, we'll leave. Um. This is from at zero brainers. Take Calvin for Julius and Roddy. I've got Kelsey and the wire. Plus I think I can find value similar to Roddy elsewhere. Parentheses quick, etc. <laughs> yeah. So Calvin for Julius and Roddy. Yeah. I mean, yes. Right. I'm not, I'm not against it. I mean, I like two for one deals when you're getting the, the best guy out there and he already has Kelsey so he can throw in Kelsey for Julius. You know, there's just, yeah, that's wait, wait, what I, is it? He's I, getting Calvin. Yeah, for Julius and Roddy. He's getting right. Okay, yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah, I'm cool with that. Uh, this is from at frivolously LTS. He says, "Hold Saint Niles Paul." Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think you need to hold Niles Paul right now because of the way the because of Jordan Reed. Yeah, that's going to be a mess. I think. 
uh, yeah. when, when, when Reed comes back. And I think Reed's supposed to come back next week. Or... Yeah, and then, and then he asks about Eli rest of season, and I'm going to say that Eli could very easily be a QB1 from here on out. That, their schedule is a cakewalk. It, I, I, don't, I don't doubt it at all. I think that we're, go- we're going to be talking about Eli being a, like, a, like a top option most weeks, or not, maybe not most, but a lot of weeks going forward. Um, that you know that Ben McAdoo offense. There's there's obviously something to it. The guys the, over his last three games, Eli's completing seventy three percent of his passes. That that's that's un- Un- unheard of. For, unheard yeah. of for him. I mean, uh, under Gilbride, I think he was completing like sixty percent tops. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's big. Um, this is from at jvh nine two seven. He says. What should we make of Heath going forward? Three clunkers and one big game. Back to low tight end one. I mean, he's a matchup play. That's all. Agree. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's you know he's he's a good guy if you're in a if if you're in if you need someone to just throw in there because he does get targeted. Um, and he's but he you know he doesn't have the athletic upside like a lot of other guys, other tight ends do now. In the league. I can tell you that Heath Miller, you know, watching him a little bit this year, leads the league. And getting whacked over the middle, <laughs> dude. He gets crushed. I, he got. What is going go on? He got crushed twice in a row. Yeah, he got he got crushed against Baltimore uh, last year or two years. Was it last year or two years ago? Like like absolutely destroyed uh, in Baltimore. Like to the point where he he like lost consciousness and stuff. That that's that's how he's always played. Um, and that's that's kind of the way that Ben. Has, has thrown it to him. It, it's just always in traffic like that, and someone's always coming and, and about to destroy him. But he's definitely part of the team dad runner. Oh, no, he's a huge dad. He, he's, uh, w- with with getting crushed over the middle, um, uh, he's he's carrying on the proud tradition of uh, Jay Novacek and uh, 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 who's that? The guy, the, the Niners uh, tight end, I'm blanking here, from back in the day, uh, Dwight Clark. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. those guys... Every time they caught the ball, they just got their head taken off, and I feel like that's what yeah. happens to Miller. I mean, he he caught the um, he caught two touchdowns in a row against Tampa, right? Last week, I mean, one was called back, and then the other, but but on both, he, right? But he gets destroyed, dude, every he single just time. Annihilated. I, the the thing that's so like Heinz Ward used to used to do that in the end zone, run that little like post in the end zone, and they've it's basically been Heath now that Heinz Ward's gone. But Heinz Ward knew how to like take the hit. Heath Miller just heaves his body out there. Yeah, like he just gets crushed. Uh, it's 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 brutal. And and he, I think he got up and screamed in the guy's face. I don't know how you. I don't even know how you control yourself after that. Honestly, I mean that's just, that's yeah. just great. That's just great self control. Great self control, Heath. Dude, he's he's apparently one of the best teammates out there. He gets he gets like a he gets like extra points in, in good teammate leagues. Right, dad runner leagues and uh, uh, good good. Good teammate leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, this is from at DP Sports Fan. Do you think streaming is reasonable even in 16 team leagues? Generally, 20 to 22 quarterbacks are rostered at any one time. I mean, it's very difficult. I mean, just just if we're going to be upfront about it, that's it's um, yeah. it's we and we talk about this, you know, in every preseason. You know, if you're in a if you're in a super deep league, uh, streaming becomes really incredibly tough uh especially on bye weeks you know yeah so yeah i don't i don't know if it's if it's all the way viable like across all the onesie positions 
Right. I The way I kind of approach it is just getting two late quarterbacks and then – you know, if one of them don't, doesn't pan out and the other one's just like a high-end two, you can still kind of stream and and, and go – just have two rostered. Um, it, it's just a little bit different. It's like a platoon slash waiver wire approach, whereas a lot of leagues, especially the expert leagues that you you and I are in, like the, the Apex League, oh, my God, like every quarterback oh, is available in that I league. I know. <laughs> like, like literally every quarterback is on the waiver wire. Um, you know, like those leagues, it's like, it doesn't even matter who your starting quarterback is. Uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously things can change a little bit in in leagues like that. Um, this is from at Patty J 38. He says, um, want to leverage one of my tight ends into a running back. I have Graham and Kelsey, but only Monty F Jackson Hill who to trade and target. Okay. I get these questions all the time. I'm not calling Patty J out right now. I'm, I'm saying in general, Instead of looking for players that you should target, you need to look at teams that you should target. You need to look at team needs. If if you're trying to leverage one of your tight ends, find a team who is starting and plugging and playing a tight end who is not producing and trade them to them and and get one of their running backs. Exactly. That's a that's a great point. And I think I, I think that yeah, instead of trying to buy low on a specific player, um, just just kind of feed on someone else's need you know like yeah. like uh um you know okay you know you you've been you've been rolling with Jason Witten every every week of the of the year uh here's here's the new hot commodity on the tight end market uh Travis Kelsey who you know what do you want yeah. you know so that that's uh that that's a good way to approach it yeah this is from uh, at fitz underscore eight four three he asks us what are our thoughts on LaShawn McCoy uh I'm not. I'm not incredibly worried about him. I mean, I'm. I'm a little frightened about his lack of uh, pass game involvement. I think he has one yeah. target over the past two weeks, which is yeah. He doesn't have a single catch, which is just it's just amazing, right? I mean, compared to how he was used last year in Chip Kelly's offense, so uh, that's a little concerning. But his schedule really softens over the next few weeks, and uh, right. I. I think. I think that he he you have to start him, and I think that it would be foolish to uh, trade him right now. Right, yeah, that's my uh, in my fifteen transactions article. I basically said, you know, you don't necessarily have to go out and target him in a trade, but if you own him, there's no reason to get rid of him right now. Um, this is from at Leo Kaliski. He says, "Is Moreno worth burning a roster spot on now that his return date is later, and is is there going to be a full blown committee when he returns?" I I mean look I have to believe that that the way Miller is, Lamar Miller is playing right now that you know when Moreno returns in what two or three more weeks or four weeks four weeks ish yeah so it, that that I I would have to think that Moreno doesn't just get half the carries right off the bat I mean unless Miller you know really stinks it up over the next month but I just can't yeah. really see that he he's he's really uh, performed well over, I guess, the two weeks that, that Moreno has been out. Yeah, I mean, like, the matchups have been good for, for Miller, obviously, but you're right. I mean, there's there's not really – I'm always just scared to, to, to play guys and to assume they're going to be 100% when they return. That's kind of the same way that I feel about Ryan Matthews a bit, especially because his is a knee. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm not super convinced. I don't think holding a guy like Sean Moreno for four – like, I would barely hold Josh Gordon for four weeks. So, you know, a guy like Noshan Moreno holding him when 
roster spots are very important this time of year during bye weeks. I don't think it's worth it. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, this is from at Samuel Brady. Uh, he says, from a daily standpoint, do you typically go cheaper on QB slash tight end for value than spend big on running back and wide receiver? I mean, um, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. It depends on the game. I mean, uh, yeah. uh, Jonathan Bales writes a lot about this in his uh, in his books that you can find on Amazon, which is, uh, you know, it's uh, much smarter to spend on quarterback um in uh in in cash games you know in head-to-heads and 50 50s um but uh if you'll if you'll check out the the winning tournament lineups every week um you're rarely going to see an elite quarterback on that on those rosters the the thing that i think that people you know misunder like i i I tweeted last week how i was so excited that jimmy graham got in the end zone for my daily teams and people were like really surprised that i used jimmy graham but the opportunity cost is completely different in daily fantasy it's completely different the reason the reason you draft running backs and wide receivers in season long fantasy is because you're only drafting them once and you're playing the odds whereas with daily fantasy you're you're it's it's a completely different cost mechanism that you're dealing with you're dealing with actual dollars um and it's just not it's just not the same. It doesn't convert. The one thing that does convert is the fact that quarterback is more predictable and running back is more predictable than wide receiver and so on. So that's to to John Bales's point that he writes about in his book is that in cash games, you're trying to spend on, on positions that don't vary, that doesn't have a lot of variance. Whereas in, in tournaments, you're going to want to spend on wide receivers that do have that, that high variance. And you're going to want to get guys that do have more variance to their game. Um, so yeah, overall, it's, it's more so... Um, an opportunity cost thing. It's just completely different in daily. Yeah. I mean, it, it, and it, and it really does vary from, you know, exactly what you're talking about, but, uh, I rarely skimp at, uh, tight ends, particularly in, uh, in cash games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is from our buddy, Aaron messing. He says, is there any hope for Pierre Thomas going forward or should he be dropped for a high upside stash? Like a McKinnon maybe? Uh, yeah. Let's just assume it's like a guy like Jarek. I, I mean, he's he's getting basically no no run, right? And cadet cadet's been playing. Yeah, like it's. I'm not against like just not. I mean, they like this is the thing. Like the Saints warned us about this. Yeah, they talked about this that that Pierre Thomas was not going to be as involved this year, and I think we're seeing that. I'm not. You know, it depends on the league size. If it's like a 16, even 14 team league, I probably wouldn't drop him, but. If it's a 10 or 12, um, I'm okay with looking more of an upside stash if you feel good about your running back situation. Yeah, me too. I mean, I don't think that you can play Pierre Thomas right now. So uh, no, I think I think that I, I in a 12-teamer, I would, I would do that, yeah. Yeah. This is from at Steve Smith Beta. He says, does old man F. Jax's, you shut your mouth, value change <laughs> with Kyle Orton at quarterback? I, I I don't think so, and I think that th- this week uh, against Detroit, Jackson's uh, prospects are probably a little better than they seem. I mean, Detroit yes. um, Detroit's run defense is ridiculous, but I, I think uh, you know F. Jax is playing is is getting more snaps when the Bills are behind. Okay? Yes, it's insane. And, the splits are crazy. Yeah, so for whatever reason, I mean, let's not even argue about why that doesn't make sense or whatever with with Spiller. Uh, taking the uh, the snaps when they're ahead or or even with the the other team. So, but but so Jackson could run for for twenty five yards this week, but still score fifteen PPR points. Yeah, totally agree with you. 
Um, this is from at Eric Renner underscore. He said, PPR, start four. All right, get ready for this. Asiata, Lacey, Michael Floyd, Kelvin Benjamin, Terrence Williams, Dre- Andre Johnson, and Brandon Cooks. I'm staring at this, so you, do you want me to just answer it? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay. I would play Asiata, um, Kelvin, Cooks. Those are three that since it's PPR. And then I would probably play Andre Johnson. And, and bench and bench Eddie Lacy, I guess. Yeah, Eddie Eddie Lacy's not like I was wrong about about Lacy. Just like I was like, yeah, he'll be serviceable even if he's not that good because he's in that offense and he's just completely touchdown dependent. Uh, where, where is Cedric Benson? Yeah, right. It's it's crazy. Um, this is from at J Bales underscore three. He says Owen Daniels or ASJ this week. Uh, Dan, uh, Daniels for me. I actually. Daniels has a really solid matchup, yep. and he even last week when he really wasn't that involved, he still scored like eight eight PPR points. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, this is at Deuce Locks six. He says, "Is Bortles worth streaming over Cousins or Newton?" Yes. Yeah, I'm cool with that too. Um, this is from our buddy at <laughs> at Ducalion. Ducalion. <laughs> Uh, he said, people asking me for Gronk, what is fair asking price for him? Okay, that's kind of the same thing that, that we talked about earlier. Um, but, but I, you know, I guess if you're trying to gauge, I think people's valuation of Gronk is going to vary almost more than any other player in the league. Yes, it really will. Because so I think, you know, you're, you're either going to have the person who says, I want to totally divest in the, in the New England offense from the New England offense or – Gronk is Gronk, and I'll take you know eighty five percent Gronk is a hundred and fifty percent another player. So, right, right. So you just that's just kind of a feeler. Um, this is from our buddy at the CFX, uh, John Moore. He said, I think we talked about this on Twitter a little bit with him. Uh, he said, which rookie undrafted free agent running back would you rather have rest of season, uh, Oliver or, or Darren Reeves in Carolina? <sighs> I don't. I I say flat out. I hate both those running games. I cannot stand either of those running games. The 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 Chargers running game is terrible this year. And and that's surprising, obviously. Uh, but the the Panthers running game is atrocious as well. The both the lines are not playing well. So I I'm not really optimistic about either of those guys. I mean, if I had to choose one, I mean, just from the from the little I know about Reek. Hang on. Say it. On, say it on three. All right. Ready. One. Two, three, Reeves. Reeves. Uh, yeah. All right, cool. We're good. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, you know, he's going to start this week. And I think that if he does well, uh, perhaps it could finally, after, you know, 17 years, be the end of the D'Angelo and Jonathan Stewart S show in Carolina. Yeah, yeah I agree. Um, this is at Davey White. He said thoughts on Owen Daniels rest of season. I think that we probably would say he's you know potentially a, he's a good streamer. He's yeah, I think he'll be a really solid streamer. I I I would not call him an every week starter. Yeah, this is at Doctor Norton. He said Kelvin, DeAndre, Manny Sanders, and sorry, and Zeus for seventeen point seven k total this week in DraftKings. Too much value. Why should I not play him? You should play them. They're good values. Yeah. 
Um, this is at Robot Leader. He said, I have too many running backs. Start two this week. Forte, Sankey, McKinnon, or Jeremy Hill? Well, McKinnon, no. I mean, McKinnon, I wouldn't start McKinnon. No, I'd start Forte and Sankey. Yeah, I mean, Sankey's supposed to get get more, get run, more, more run this week. And, you know, if if Wiz and Hunt can stop talking about his uh, footwork for five seconds. and yeah. Um, this is from at Gill's username. He said, PPR, cut one running back. You got to cut this guy. Jeremy Hill, Sankey, or Ben Tate? That's rough. I'm going to just say, oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to say, okay, we'll do the one, two, three thing. Ready? I I don't even know. Come on. All right. One, two, three. Hill. (laughs) No, actually, I wouldn't cut Jeremy Hill. I was actually that's actually not true. I I actually probably like Jeremy Hill the most of those. Yeah, three. no, I'm cutting Tate. Yeah, if I have to cut one of those, I'm cutting. Yeah, I guess I'll cut Tate. You win. Uh, at bitter Packers fan Daniel Daniel Lindsay, he said, "Is Ben the best streamer out there this week?" Um, if Ben's on your waiver wire, you have to play him. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's unbelievable matchup. Yeah, this is at Janek twelve. Damn it, twelve. Uh, trade Donnell for Sankey, uh, standard league with tight end and tight end flex spot. And this person also has Julius Thomas. Mm, I mean, that, I mean, the thing is like Donnell's seeing like 37% of the giants red zone targets, which is just gigantic for, you know, for anybody, especially tight end. Yeah. Uh, I, no, I don't think I would do that. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I would either. It depends on your needs obviously, but, um, this one is from Tim Madison. Or sorry, Tim, I clicked a, a button and it went oh, away. Good grief. Tim Madison. It's at Madison Tim. He said, thoughts on A. Davis this week and where you rank him compared to your other streamers. Austin oh, Davis. Austin, yeah. it, took, it took me a second to, to think about who A. Davis was. Uh, I, I mean. Decent. I mean, it's not terrible. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not excited. Let's put it that way. No, I'm not. I'm not really either. Um, you know, it's not a terrible, terrible matchup, but uh, it would be tough to to trust him. Given, I think a lot of that has to do with so many good streamers this week. Right. I, I yeah. I mean, it just you know, go after the guys that that we mentioned, that JJ mentioned, and and you know, unless you're in a really deep league. Yeah. Um. Three more. Uh. This is at LTBB1971. 12-team standard, flex two, Walker or Vernon Davis, Roddy White, Marcus Wheaton, Jonathan Stewart. Go ahead. You're looking at it. Yeah, that's a a rough one. I'd probably just go with the wideouts and go with Roddy and and Wheaton because I I think Wheaton could have a a decent game this week. He at least has a a big floor, although it's standard. You know, Roddy's the lock there, maybe Walker over Wheaton. Davis hates you for that answer. What? Wheaton. Oh, yeah, for, for, for Marcus Wheaton. Yeah. Yeah, they're that's that Todd Haley number two wideout man. They're never effective. <laughs> um, this is from at Mark Ra- underscore Raskin. He said, "Would you rather have Michael Floyd or Victor Cruz the rest of the way?" Ooh. Well, look at, with Carson, with a healthy Carson, it's definitely Floyd. But that's not happening, so I think I have to say Cruz. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. Um, this is from at Bel Air Eric. I think I said Belair last time. Yeah, you did. I think you did say Belair. Yeah, I think he destroyed me. That yeah, you're new. You're um, new to this country. It's okay. 
As commish, how to deal with owners complaining about unfair trades? You know, I mean, that is really ridiculous. Some of the things that I see people, you know, say, well, my commissioner uh, vetoed this trade. It, it doesn't have to be a, an even trade. I just, I think that that's, that's ridiculous. You know, someone, if someone wins a trade hands down, that's good for that person. You know, like, like just, just right. let it go. You know, big government has no place in these transactions. Get it, get out, get out. Yeah. I mean, the other thing too, I mean, there, there are some, uh, like the, the thing that's frustrating is that the only reason why they get vetoed is because you're jealous. That's exactly right. People, yes. The commissioner sees it and says, oh, no, 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 I, I can't let, I can't let, you know, player X, whatever, you know, uh, right. get, get all this for, for, for just that. Uh, so right. no, that's BS. I just, Unless you know that there's some sort of, of collusion if, going on. If there's on. collusion, if there's clearly collusion, if it's off the charts bad, then then go ahead and, and axe the trade. But otherwise, you you gotta let it you just you just gotta let it go. I mean, there there are some trades that don't even there are some trades that look lopsided, uh um in you know, in that week that two weeks later look like a total debacle for the person you thought would benefit. So you, yeah. you just you don't you just don't know sometimes. Yeah. Sweet. That's all the questions. Oh, all right. Cool. And we're about an hour in. So why don't you tell everyone where they can find... Oh, actually, before we do that, let's talk about our sponsor of this podcast. Sponsor is uh, Sportable. Uh, it's uh, sportable.is. Uh, you can find them on Twitter at SportableNFL. Uh, they have they have some really good uh, uh, daily fantasy content um, this week. If you want to check that out, if, you, if you're making your, your lineups uh, before kickoff on Thursday... Um, again, like I, like I said last week, they have a, a lot of really good writers. It's really succinct. Uh, I, I really suggest you, you sign up for their newsletter, uh, uh, immediately. I mean, that, that, that newsletter is, uh, is in my inbox every morning. It, it, it really helps me digest, um, a, a lot of information that's out there. So, uh, check them out, Sportable and on Twitter at Sportable, uh, NFL. Awesome. Uh, all right, Denny. Well, where can everyone find you at? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at CDCarter13. And your scheduled programming has officially been interrupted. You're welcome. I'm Kenny Darter, and this is Killing the Stream. We're done with four weeks of this NFL season, and the haters are everywhere. The Jimmy Graham haters, that is. The people who hate freedom, babies and chocolate and other things that are loved by many people. If you drafted Jimmy Graham in the first round, as I told you, all summer, you did the right thing. He may not be fantasy's number one tight end right now. Some Someone named Martellus something... Some sort of unicorn. I don't... Does anyone know? Anyway, I've heard him... Martellus Bennett. That's his name. He's the top tight end. But I want to open your eyes to what's actually happening here. Something you will not hear about in the mainstream media. And that is a conspiracy. A vast conspiracy. It stretches across 
the NFL front offices. It goes across the broadcasters, the referees, the teams, the coaches, the water boys, for all I know. I mean, there's really no way to, 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 to draw a line in the sand and say, this is where the conspiracy stops. But there is a conspiracy, and I'm going to tell you what it is. Come close when I tell you. Josh Hill, the backup tight end for the Saints, has not one, but two touchdowns. He has not one, but four receptions. He has not one, but 59 yards on the season. That's 59 yards, four catches, and two touchdowns that Jimmy Graham should have. But here's the thing, folks. Jimmy Graham does have that production. He does have those catches and those touchdowns. The networks, they're using illusions, tricks of the trade to make it seem like Josh Hill is scoring touchdowns that Jimmy Graham is actually scoring. I've, I've actually talked to people at the stadiums in which the Saints are playing. In Dallas last week, I have sources in Dallas who say that that Josh Hill touchdown was actually Jimmy Graham scoring. I, I, I'm just telling you what, I'm just telling you what I've what I've heard from my sources. Anyway, it's ludicrous. It's an abomination, and it's the reason that Jimmy Graham has not lived up to his first round billing so far. Just ridiculous. I. I get I I actually get nauseous. I get sick thinking about I'm going to throw up in my mouth right now. Just thinking about this vast conspiracy and how it has affected the lives of Jimmy Graham loving Americans everywhere. We need to protest, folks. We need to protest right now. I don't I don't know I don't know when, I don't know how, but we need to. This won't stand. This is Killing the Stream. Thank you for listening to Living the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out LakeGroundQB.com. Hope you come back soon as we share about the team.